0: To the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. We are live from Parky Creeve tonight for the Hurling League launch, and we're very excited. The pitch is looking beautiful. We have a jam-packed show. I'm Valerie Wheeler, and joined with me tonight is Rory O'Hagan. We'll get to him in just a little bit. <laughs> Kevin O'Donovan, a CEO of Cork GA, joins us. We are going to have Kieran Kingston, an in depth interview with him. Ronan McCarthy, after today's win, a lucky escape for the Cork footballers, of course. Mark Sheehan will be joining us to tell us all about the Hurling League and plenty more. So we're really looking forward to it. Do join us on the Big Red Bench from now on seven. To the big red bench on Corks, the Red FM. I am Valerie Wheeler, and we are with you until seven. And we are live from Parky Queeve. We haven't. We're, we're after getting out of the studio. With me tonight <laughs> is Rory O'Hagan. Rory, it is great to be in the same room with you. We, first we, of all yeah, we were just saying that.
1: Like I said, I can't remember the last time I saw you, and you were like, it was literally last summer when you took the job. <laughs> I know. Like, we, like I know we chat every week on on Skype and stuff like that. Just the planner shows up and stuff like that. this. Is the same. This is the first time we've been in the same room in over a year. That's amazing.
0: And I must say, to be in Parky Quee tonight it's extra special. I mean, the pitch is looking smashing. Yeah, I could get used to this office, to be
1: perfectly honest. I mean, like, Parky Cueve is an exceptional stadium. The facilities here are amazing and just looking out here on the pitch, you would never think there was a match played on this pitch a couple of hours ago. It looks absolutely
0: incredible. Yeah, there is of course, uh, work's going on behind us for the big game tomorrow as well, but we have a jam-packed show. I did tell you, we've got plenty of guests and it's great, our first guest tonight is CEO of Cork J, Kevin O'Donovan. Kevin, welcome to the show and welcome to Parky Cueve.
2: Yes, and welcome to yourself and Rory as well to Parky we're delighted to have you here hopefully the first of many ventures thanks for having us we really really appreciate
0: it yeah we do we really do appreciate it Kevin first of all it's been a roller coaster for a few years for you here in Parky but you know what you're out on the other side and there was light in the tunnel and it's all positive now
2: yeah I, I suppose I think roller coaster is the name of the game around here I always think that things are going to settle down after a while but I've come to the conclusion now with the number of county teams we have playing in board codes, with the big stadium we have, with all the clubs we have across the county, it's always going to be ups and downs. It's always the next challenge. So I, I've kind of signed off now on the idea that things are going to settle and calm <laughs> down. I'm just waiting for the next big impact locally
0: how much of a headache is this all for you I mean
2: oh, it's, it? a, it's a dream job to be honest Salary. I, I went in with my eyes open I was a county board officer before that so I knew well the challenges were involved but the challenges are what they are they might look, at, look like problems on the outside but internally you see how many people are working hard how many volunteers again you see after the match pitch the stadium is already spotless after today's game they're cutting the pitch getting it ready for tomorrow so when you're that close to the fire it's actually not as daunting because you can see it's all practical day-to-day things.
0: And even your own, your own role just to being CEO, I mean, you were a coaching role before and now you're CEO, I mean, it's it's pretty spectacular to...
2: Yeah, well, I suppose my, my real role is coming from the club and that I was a player, obviously, and, and underage secretary and club chairperson and so on. So I feel like, I have a feel of grassroots games let's say and then the coaching element I always wanted a job in the J. it seems a natural progression it looks a bit crazy now when you look back obviously but um, yeah dream jobs so no complaints
1: Kevin when your passion becomes your job I mean like um, how does that affect your
2: support of the sports that you've grown up and loved all the time yeah strange you get a, a different respect for it when you're closer to the thing and maybe you're less judgmental when you see how hard people are working and maybe mm-hmm. when you go to that match and you want to shout at the referee or you want to shout at the corner forward maybe when you know the work that those people are doing behind the scenes it gives you a bit more respect for what they do now of course we all want to win and I, I'm as passionate as anyone else is about cork games but you do get perspective definitely albeit being very close and on the day like today somebody said to me it was a cracking game afterwards I, I didn't see anything except the scoreboard for the day you know so when you're that close maybe you lose perspective then in other ways
0: Kevin, do you try to get to every single game?
2: Generally speaking, yes and and you see at the underage teams at the minors and the 20s they don't have league games so it's not like you're on the road like a club would have multiple teams out at all levels I suppose the challenging ones and all the officers would say this would be the, the league games in the spring no, we didn't have this year so there's no complaints about going to games now and um, it's a privilege to see a Cork team playing, be on the sidelines see it close up see what's happening behind the scenes so yeah, a dream from that part
1: Given the year that it's been as well with COVID and you, you talk about the press and the challenges of the job that must have been magnified
2: and intensified tenfold over the last year I'd imagine it's magnified because the uncertainty for everybody for club officers managing gates managing training sessions COVID questionnaires huge stress levels and everyone for that and people would be critical at the GA at times for not being fast with stuff but obviously the GA were only waiting on the next piece of news from Neffet or government mm. and so on so yeah very stressful there and, and it particularly on the return of fans to games even now you know Question marks constantly come in from genuine people on the ground who have a problem and they need an answer. It's hard to keep up mm-hmm. with that at times.
0: Like all counties, Kevin, you receive a lot of criticism, so how do you deal with that? I mean, do you like to switch off from it or do you have to face
2: it? There's no real switching off because it's it's really next problem, it'd, it'd be my view, um, and next challenge. But there's loads of people to help. So you have the executive on a county board issue, you have the CCC on a fixtures issue, you have the team management working hard when the team's getting criticism, you can talk to them and see what the story is. So again, I, I, it's not a one-man show, you yeah. see, so I don't see it in that way. So so I'd always say, What's the next job to be done? No, not personally. Home. Absolutely. Well, no, because it's not personal, because it's about Cork. It's not about any one of us. Cork will be here long after we've come and gone, so we're only small little fish. That's the thing with Cork supporters, though, the
1: passion that they have, and I suppose that can uh, maybe overspill maybe overstep the boundaries the odd time, I'd imagine, can it?
2: Well, if, if it's fair, it's fine. And if it's passionate, it's fine. And if it's somebody who goes to seven Cork Football League games every year and goes to the <laughs> North and goes to the West, <laughs> if they want to give out to me about Cork football, I'll yeah. listen there's no problem there Um, and if people are coaching teams out there and they'd like to see Cork playing a certain way why shouldn't they have a view on it no then there's Reality kicks in then, and you have to appoint people, and people have to take responsibility. and And I would say the part that I don't like is when it gets personal yeah. for individuals involved at county senior level, and then things being said about underage players as well. I get quite angry about that. So to me, the personal side, the officers don't worry; we're as tough as old boots. <laughs> we we signed up for this job; we've no complaints.
0: Well, I suppose that's what social media nowadays, unfortunately, and that's what the negative side is. I know it's it's so easy for a player to see their name. And on Twitter afterwards and something horrible said about them and it's hard for them not to take it personally and,
2: and it's a bit extreme as well it's, it's from zero to hero where a player yeah. is totally over praised because they get scores one day and then they're totally over criticised the next day there's a much more balanced approach that I and I would have learned that as well from when you deal with the inter-county management teams six of them now minor, under 20 and senior all with far more experience in the dressing rooms I'd be always a little bit surprised of how steady they are and like, that's what I'd always look for now in management teams that we'd appoint can they take the heat can they make good decisions under pressure we've, we've got great groups at the moment I'm delighted with them
0: fans been back in the stadium i mean it was lovely to see a couple of hundred here today Was it like 200 low today yeah
2: 200 today and i know most of those tickets basically all of those tickets went to families yeah. of the players the players all got two tickets and and they went to their families um, you could
0: hear them i could hear them yeah, which was great
2: definitely and and we're looking forward to 500 next next month and i'd love if we were selected for a test event like we'll have 5,000 for the Munster Hurling final in um in Simple Stadium against Limerick but that's a test event so that's not to confuse it that we'll have those attendances for all games next month I'm really looking at the August bank holiday weekend when our 20 we four twenty twenty finals on the August bank holiday weekend so I am praying that we will get above the 500 for that because we all talk about loving to support Cork when it comes to your own club in a county final <laughs> that's the one you've got to get in for It's
0: been strange without them though yeah it's a horrible horrible
2: atmosphere there's a paradox there because it's been strange getting used to it so it was strange for me to see people sitting watching a match today I flipped over to the other side so now I'm looking forward to that new normal of people being at matches which sounds strange
1: yeah, and, and We're here for the launch of the Red FM Hurling Leagues. It's fantastic to have games back, not just at Cinev but all across the county. I mean, like, how, how difficult has it been and how much of a puzzle has it been putting all these fixtures together and making sure everything's in sync, not just with the, the league side, but the, the county side as well?
2: Yeah, well, again, good team working, CCC working hard and dovetailing and a bit of compromise from everybody. So a lot of the clubs are out, junior BNC championship games this weekend from last year they got six days from the return of games last mm-hmm. week to prepare we have county junior A quarterfinals quarter next weekend very limited windows we have and playing Mallow next weekend in, a, in an absolute must win game for both teams the senior A county football final they've ploughed on you know so it's all about cooperation and everyone giving the guy next to them a little bit of wriggle room and county management teams releasing players and clubs playing ball and so on so not as bad as you would think funnily Mm. enough if you have a free hand where people don't start objecting to fixtures fixtures will always run then Mm. And and I would say that about leagues we're talking a lot about club championships and um And county teams here, leagues are the bread and butter of our organisation and we want to take them more seriously. And you'll see we've taken the leagues much more seriously at club level in Cork in the last couple of years. Because that is what keeps every club in Cork ticking over from Sunday to Sunday throughout the full year. You might have a good or bad championship, you might get knocked out early, you might have a long run, but your league is your bread and butter which keeps that club going for a large portion of the year.
0: I mean, it's where you probably start and where you end up because when you retire from championships, a lot of players go back to their club.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we want leagues to get a little bit more serious as time goes on and have more reward in them. They'll never be championship. But you see a league, when you think about a championship is such a high level, is that we, if we're looking for participation, we might chance ourselves at a junior C league game, whereas we might want to go missing for a championship. You know, so <laughs> in that regard, I see the leagues as being the big participation model, and especially we're going to look now at the 18, 19, 20 nineteen, twenty-year-old age group, seeing how we getting them across into adult level and not dropping players. And league will solve that more than championship.
0: I was just going to say that's where you probably spot the players that end up on the county panel, and it gives players a chance to be spotted and seen.
2: Yes, but but again, there's a, f- a flip side to that. The leagues must be taken seriously then by all sides, and we, you know it's important that maybe county players and extended panels and so on are available. That you keep the level high in club league games, because then if a player performs in a league game, he's it's got credibility for the county management team. Whereas if everybody dismisses leagues, they'll say, "Sure, he played good in." in a nothing match you know you hear the glorified challenge game thing we want to move leagues much more towards championship than away from challenge games
0: but it can be quite hard for um, a manager nowadays sometimes you'll see a player sitting on the bench and he won't be used and unfortunately he could be used at a club game that weekend and then you've (laughs) that hit it
2: frustrating we're we're dealing with those issues on an hourly basis now again being closer, closer, to the, I'd be very much from the club side. I was club yeah. secretary, club underage secretary. I'd always be banging that drum. But now I do see it inter-county level, the pressure there under the injuries Cork footballers have currently, the injuries to a degree that the hurlers have. And I do see that number 26 could end up being the key player with five minutes to go in a major game. And you've seen that with Dublin in all-Ireland finals and so on. But yeah, absolutely, goodwill and cooperation is how you you smooth the edges on those things where there's communication, a bit of cop on on both sides and we'll come out the other side
0: yeah well it's been absolutely great having you here this evening Kevin thank you so much for joining us we're looking forward to only championships weeks away
2: yes and Galway coming tomorrow to the to the hurlers yeah, yeah. and then we're, countdown is on footballers playing the winners of Limerick Waterford hurlers playing Limerick I think as of tomorrow night we'll have championship <laughs> fever
0: I know we will I think the footballers today I mean they stayed in their division which is always great
2: yeah and, and division 3 did hurt us last yeah. year because the speed of the game the aggression and so on is not at the level you're going to need for taking on the likes of Kerry and and the, the top eight teams. So, no, delighted that that's solved now for today. But as I said, from tomorrow night on, it'll be all eyes on Championship.
0: Brilliant, well it's great to have you on. We're going to let you go now because I you know, have a busy day tomorrow, we don't want to be keeping you here all night in your beautiful stadium. <laughs> thanks for letting us in here Kevin, it's great to join us.
1: Thanks Valerie, thanks Rory. Kevin, thanks for joining us, fantastic to have Kevin O'Donovan here with us in Porky Queef uh, this evening.
0: Yeah, well it's been brilliant. Today I was here myself for the action for the footballers, I mean a relegation playoff, What's more important than that. 3.22 to 25 points. Was the scoreline?
1: What a game! I mean, like I, I was talking to Joey Blake about it beforehand. I mean, like I didn't see uh, any of the game today because it was something about, and I was following the um, the Twitter updates. And you see Corker down by a couple of points at half time. You're like, what is going on here? And then there's a goal salvo in the the second half. It, it sounded like a cracker, Valerie. Was it?
0: Yeah. To be fair, like in the first twelve minutes, there was twelve scores because there was no real break. I felt like I was constantly taking down <laughs> scores. To be honest, so it was a good game. Westmead to get, did get off to get a good start, but I think. On the second half and the goals, I think that really swung it for Carlton as well. I did ask Ronan about, you know, what was um, what was it like at half time, Ronan? Something must have been said because they came back on a different team. He's like, no, it was very calm, Valerie. So I don't know about being calm, but it was great for them to get the win here today. I think it's important, you know, for them to stay in that division Massively. because uh, that's what Kevin of just yeah. said.
1: The, the intensity in Division 3 isn't what you need going into Championship. Um, and they just avoided, or narrowly missed out on, I suppose, um, a promotion playoff. Um, uh, battle just on on scoring difference, which is a bit of a shame, um, considering I think Cork have played very, very well this year. I'm looking forward to seeing the highlights of today's game a little bit later on, but uh, good to see the Cork football as seems to be going in the right direction anyway.
0: Yeah, it sure does. I know that they are out on the 10th of July, either against Limerick or Waterford and that could be here in the Parque Cueve or in the Gaelic grounds, Mm -hmm. which would be great if it was here in Cork. Uh, But let's take a listen. I did speak to Ronan McCarthy, Cork Senior Football Manager, after the game today, after his side uh, beat I nearly forgot I was playing a Westmead <laughs> in the relegation playoff. Ronan, game over and job done.
3: Yeah, listen, we, we won the game. We've obviously kept our uh, you know, our status in, in Division 2. Um, it was a difficult game for us and, and, and it was put up to us and we were really tested, but we came through
0: it. I was just going to say, a lot of learnings from today, though, going forward.
3: There's a lot in every game, but um, yeah, listen, obviously, they scored, I think, 14 points in the first 20 minutes. Um, you know, we were 11-7 down at one stage, got back, they went ahead again. So, you know, we were, we are in two points down at half time, but I, I felt, you know, they, they're they us every time they came forward, um, and that was a worry. But the second half, um, once I think we got the second goal, I think we managed the game quite well. And I think it's interesting the way you look at it. Like they really put up to us, they really challenged us, yet we've beaten them by six or seven points in the end. We, we've won the game comfortably. We've beaten them by more than me, than Mayo beat them. Um, yet it was a real real test for us that, that that we came through
0: You did mention that the game did swing after the second half I mean, what was said to them at half time? No, no, was nothing.
3: it calm? It, it was calm, yeah it was calm. You, you, Look, you have to be calm and um you, you keep i suppose re-emphasizing the the messages in in, in our part we see we did go things in the first half as well and and you're looking for more of that and but some we made very poor decisions as well um in the first half that continued to give them a foothold in the game so so no it, it was calm and I, I suppose one of the advantages we had is we've been here before you know in in 19 we were here you know in relegation matches that that you had to win um, and you, you keep your composure and you keep going and that's I suppose a real positive commodity. come out of the day obviously you know we've won the game we've really tested our squad um, our bench made an impact but but the other thing is we kept our composure and kept our head we've worked to do no question you know defensively and in the way we retain the ball and everything else but I think we're, we're in good shape
0: Some injuries I noticed at call. obviously I'm, I mean probably is his hamstring is it?
3: Yeah, I believe it's a hamstring, yeah, and uh, and a nasty one it appears. So um so listen, we we'll him scanned, um I think it was a lot of difficulty after it happened, so mm-hmm. we're not we're not too optimistic about it. Um, you know, but like straight away you see the issue with all these is any kind of niggles or strains you get you now puts you put someone, you know, in uh, adult for the championship against Limerick or Waterford and uh, they just don't have the time to recover. So let's hope let's hope it's not um it's not as serious as we think of it
0: Luke Connolly also seemed to have
3: yeah, Luke was only cramp, I think I okay. you know, um and I, I, I think he should be okay. And um we've managed him quite well and we've managed a lot of the players quite well. There's a lot of you know, John O'Rourke, you know, had a hamstring issue coming into the game. We knew he wouldn't um he wouldn't last the full game. Um he just got a bit sore. So again, you know, we didn't take any chances. You can't because, you know, a does a bad tear at this stage he's gone for, for yeah. the championship. So Listen, we've got through, and and we've a few weeks now. We give the boys a few days off, and um, we give a few days off. We come back in next week, and we'll be in good shape coming to to Munster Championship.
0: Not much of a chance, not much of a break though.
3: It's not easy. No, we'll listen. They'll be off next Tuesday, and um, and we'll be back in next Thursday, and we'll try and get a couple of games as well if we can, um, just to just to keep us going. But look, we've we've played four league games. We played a championship match against Dublin as well before the league started, and uh, and you know there's been very good aspects in all of them. Um, plenty to work on as there always is but uh, we're in good shape Great.
0: congratulations thanks again okay thank you Ronan McCarthy chatting to myself after today's win over Westmead in the relegation playoff um, he did mention the injuries Colin mm. will be a big loss if yes. he doesn't recover in time for championship he'd three points five over in the first five minutes today in the game Rory So, and I was also looking at Luke Connolly and Luke knew himself, Luke was kind of calling to come off, you know, give him that sink yeah. as if he was gone. So I'd be, I don't know if it's a cramp there, to be honest.
1: Well, maybe he's just looking after himself. He knows championship is down the corner and he just said, look, yeah. I can't take it. He risk was calling, here. he
0: was telling them, I'm done, get me off, you know, so. so were you impressed
1: with the Cork footballers overall, though, today?
0: Yeah, do you know what? I was impressed by how they were able to come back and get the result mm-hmm. because, you know, it would have been a disaster if they were relegated here today and I do think that they do have a lot to work on but I think there's a lot of positives they can take as well.
1: Yeah, certainly some. Alright, we are here in Porky Cueve today for the launch of the Red FM Hurling Leagues. There is an absolute cracker underway at the moment. A massive game on the opening, week, Glenn, uh, opening weekend. Glen Rovers and Black Rock going head to head. There's 16 minutes on the clock there and it is Glen Rovers leading by 7.22. We'll keep you updated on on that one across the course of the hour. But uh we were in Porkyque again a couple of weeks back uh for the launch of the, the Redflam Hurling League. we're here for photos and interviews and uh, I got a chance to speak uh to uh Mark Sheehan about the uh, the launch of the uh the Red Femme Hurling Leagues, Red Femme sponsorship of it and uh, the growth of the leagues over the last couple of uh, couple of years. So this is my interview with uh Cork GA chairperson Mark Sheehan. Mark, I think this is the 12th year of the Red FM sponsoring the leagues, which is a fantastic, I suppose, brand partnership and it's worked fantastically well over the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, we're delighted. It's hard to believe that it's year 12 and it's great to be back here on, on, the, on the Hallow Turf in, in Parky Cueve um, on, the, on the eve of the 1st of June. Uh, it's been such an unusual... 12, 13, 14 months for everyone Uh, the leagues I suppose last year I suppose really didn't unfortunately they they commenced in in earnest but events came in the way in mid-March so we have as you know a different format for for this year and um, we're looking forward with with hope and expectation to those games um, starting up you know from from next week and moving into the Championship programme a different format this year slightly truncated but that's because of circumstances and judging by the enthusiasm of the players uh, here tonight um, you know I think all clubs are, are training uh, and looking forward to the commencement. And of course, it's great to have yourselves in, in Red FM as our as our sponsors and partners. Uh, it's been a good partnership, and looking forward to a, a good year in in 2021. 20, mm-hmm.
1: I was going to say, just talking to the players, they're really excited about the new format. It gives them a lot of tough competitive games in the league, which will set them up nicely for championship. S-
4: similar to the the Alliance leagues uh, at the inter-county level at the present time, uh, I suppose that you know the model is the league cup model is, is kind of somewhat similar to that. Trying to keep the the principles of the league uh, as they always are uh, intact, and and also to give good competitive games. A lot of work was done to make sure that the groups were, you know, set up. That the we avoided championship pairings and repeats and all that. Uh, and I suppose with the new the championship format, even that it, it is a separate competition, as you know. And um, you know, we, we have I suppose had an eye to those championship draws, which we did at the end of April, uh, in terms of setting up the groups. So it's onwards and upwards now from now on.
1: And even just talking to the lads, they're just itching to get out back, playing with their clubs, back representing their localities. It's fantastic to see, and everyone's just rearing
4: to go after the year we've had. Undoubtedly, and that, that's, I suppose, the common theme, you know, even going back to the, the, the first inter-county matches here, the first games, senior hurling game against Waterford, and right through to being in Ennis yesterday afternoon. It, it's great from, from an administrator's point of view as well to be on, on pitch, on the, on, on the sidelines, on pitch side, as it were, uh, for, for games. That's what we're all about, and it's equally important, and, and even more so for, for the clubs and, and club players, of course, club championship, and the league is such an important preparation for that. Mark, right, thanks very much. Thank you very much
1: and that was my chat with Mark Sheehan-Court chairperson at the, the launch of the leagues uh, uh, a while back and uh, fantastic to be here in Porky Creeve for that Valerie the, the leagues have grown really really um, a huge amount over the last couple of years and everyone we spoke to at the launch I spoke to a number of players uh, who we might hear from a little bit later on if not we'll stick them on redfm.ie who just said like the, the league has gotten um, so much um, a tougher uh, and the standard has risen because clubs are taking it more seriously and it's becoming a, a massive part of, of their year so it's fantastic
0: to see yeah I think it's really important and I, it did point out to me earlier that it's still your 12th year sponsoring the mm. league as well which is absolutely amazing that we can be it involved seems like for so yesterday. long I know it only seems like yesterday well coming up after the break we are going to have an in-depth chat with Kieran Kingston Cork Senior Hurling Manager we did chat to him earlier on so stay with us
2: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench
0: podcast
2: at redfm.ie. The Big
3: Red Bench.
0: Welcome back to the Big Red Bench. We are live from Parky Cueve. I'm Valerie Wheeler. I'm joined by Rory O'Hagan tonight. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for
1: letting me be a guest on your
0: show. it's so strange we're going to show together we haven't a clue how to act
1: no we haven't seen each other in over a year now we are here in Parky Queen this is fantastic we can do this more often
0: it's absolutely amazing well uh, we've got loads more to get through so earlier on we caught up with Kieran Kingston Cork senior Hurling Manager and I started by welcoming him to the show
5: thank you very much Valerie delighted to be here
0: Kieran. it it's been a lovely few weeks for Cork Hurling a lot of positivity around the place which is always a good start
5: yeah, and like, excuse me. Yeah, I suppose like certainly for the first three games, I mean, there was uh, uh, quite a bit of positivity. But I suppose we got to keep it in context, in that we were probably coming off a low base as well That's being real about it. Number one, number two, we were of new lads introduced, and that gives a bit of positivity to the county always when you see when they see a, a young panel being developed, and, that, and that's uh, that's great. But I think we came down to earth a little bit last Saturday night with a bang, and uh, and it made us no harm either.
1: As um, yes, mentioned a lot of um, young players, Karen in the team this year. Um, who's been impressing you? Who's been standing out?
5: I mean, look, um, I think all the lads that we've got in, Like, I, mean, I suppose when you get new lads in, you don't know really how they're going to adapt to senior hurling. Um, unfortunately, when we didn't have a campaign with them during the winter, you didn't have a pre-season, you didn't have Munster League, you didn't have Fitzgibbon Cup and fresher competitions, and suddenly you have five v games in a short space of time, and you haven't really had a lot of time to work with them. So then you're trying to you're trying to to I suppose get a sense of uh, their physical capacity, their mental capacity, their hurling, and how they can grow into senior. Because some guys develop quite quickly, um, coming from twenties or as a, as it is now, and and twenty months before coming from clubs. Other guys take that a little bit bit longer because they're adapting to the pace of the game, adapting to the whole intensity which into county senior the county brings and. When you speak to the lads after coming in it's amazing the young lads, how honest they are some guys be more comfortable other fellas say looks i know i can see it's going to take me a bit of time uh and that's great and but in the main the guys we have in i think to be really really good we're managing them well i would like to think in terms of their exposure coming from 20s uh, with some of them being actually under 20 again in 2021 uh and they also got to be recognized these guys have been an honor and fine to play in, in under 20 in, in a number of weeks time and a number of going playing first round of the, of the 21 championship. So it's to balance all that is, is, is a challenge with, with these young lads. But in, um, across the board, we're very happy with the lads. They've come in and walking, we're working well with, the, with Pat Ryan and his management team uh, from the under 20s who have a, a big campaign ahead of
0: them. I mean, some of these players weren't even born the last time that Cork won a league. I mean, that's, that's a crazy stat, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, look, I think it's, it's stats are well documented and um, it's 23 years now since the National League has been brought home, um, so 16 for an All-Ireland and okay, there's been a few months of championships in the meantime in the a, a Munster League, but that's, I suppose that's, that's startling in a, in a way um, and then when you go down below that with the 21s, I think it was 1998 as well, the 21 that time, one two in a row. Um, and the, I think the minors was 2001 if I recall correctly. So like look, there those stats are well documented and we can spend our time going back over those. And I suppose our role is to um, is to be the best we can be uh, for 2021. And also we have to keep an eye on on the development of cock hurling for the future, working with the twenty squad, working with the, the minor squad, working with the county board and the development of the players as we as we try and bring them through because Really, obviously, there's Your priorities is now, but you have to have um, a focus as well on on the um, the the status of Cork hurling into the future when 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 we all move on.
1: Karen, does the pressure on you and the players, I suppose, grow every year that Cork don't win in All Ireland, or do you think expectations are now that this people appreciate this is a young squad and you are building for the future?
5: No, I mean, look, that's that's part and parcel of the job, I and mean, we're all around long enough now to know. The uh, pressure goes with it and, and if you if you if you felt pressure really or you want to avoid it in t- 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 charge of cock hurling you would be going or your manager team would be coming with you know? <laughs> you'll be avoiding that job <laughs> because everybody has an opinion everybody thinks they're right um, and that's the way it should be. because it creates a great debate and we've missed it when we didn't have it and long ago it used to be the it used to be that you say the holders on the ditch or the, or the pub talk now it's well, I'm not on social media, but I mean, it's, the talk is around social media. And that's great. Like, that's, that's, all, that's all part of it. And it doesn't bother me personally. It doesn't bother any of the lads. Like When we get together, we try and focus on ourselves, try and focus on our own group, um, the bunch of players we have, the management team we have, the backroom team we have, uh, and try and have the best people we can around us, both players and backroom. And uh, anything outside of that, we try and keep it outside of that.
0: Well, Kieran, this year you you know you opted to go with the youth route, and a lot of players were left go and stuff. And sometimes you know that could ruffle a lot of feathers, but that was the important decision that you made to go with the youth this year.
5: Yeah, look, I mean, it does a balance. Um, some guys retired, some guys moved on for different reasons, and uh, in in changing your squad and making some changes that's part and parcel of the job. It's the hardest part of the job. think the most difficult for me. Certainly, the most difficult aspect of a manager's role is either telling a player they're no longer part of your plans and are also calling out a team or telling a guy he's not into 26 or he's not on the team or or they're the hardest part of the job because people outside the squad, very few sorry, outside the group really realize that what these guys put into cock hurling are to be part of a cock panel and the demands on their personal life, social life, work life, travel, you name it, the, the dedication of these guys is just incredible, uh, and anybody who puts on a red jersey, to get to that level firstly, and then to sustain this for the top under, and then competition within the squad, but also in other counties, it's so that they deserve huge credit, therefore then when you're giving bad news like that, it's the hardest part the job, no question, um, but saying that, there are times you got to make decisions, um, that you feel are, you and your management team you feel are in the best interests of the group now and for the future. Uh, if you don't make those decisions then really you can't do the job.
1: Karen, do you feel like you have a squad capable of winning the All-Ireland or is it a case that this, this is a Cork squad in transition and you're looking down two, three years down the line?
5: Yeah, I think we have to look and be, we have to be real here. Like every time Cork has got a few good games like I mean suddenly we're, 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 um, we're, we're All-Ireland contenders and that has been the way because we've we're a real star of success at all levels of Cork Holding. Um, and the competition is, is really, really high. The bar has been raised really, really high. We saw that last weekend. Uh, and our role is not to, we're not talking about all Ireland's, we're talking about trying to be the best we can be. And let's see where that takes us. And um, of course, every county's team is to be um, winning all Ireland, and Cork is no different. And the fact that we've such a gap now since the last one, um, every manager and every player that has been part of a Cork set up for the last 16 years feels that pressure and feels the feels the want and the need and the the hunger to to succeed and we are no different and the players are no different like sometimes we forget we talk about Ireland, we forget all the players that played for Cork during those that last 16 years we forget all the support all the times that went to Cork matches and um, followed the team all over the country for the last 16 years without success Um, we see all all the all the guys who have been involved in backroom teams over the last number of years and the Time effort they put into car curling on a voluntary basis, twenty four seven, for m- most of the year, um, for car curling, and without success. So, like it's, it's hits everyone. Uh, and when there's a couple of good games, that team go well, you can see the, the morale and the, the buoyancy in the county mm-hmm. is fantastic. And and we recognise that we recognise the responsibility that we have in trying to be the best we can be, and to try and develop a team that. And we are proud of uh, the players themselves are, are are proud to wear the jersey and to play where uh, we want them to play the backroom are proud of the way they're representing them on the field and the Cork sports and Cork hurling people all over the world not just the Cork uh, are proud to follow the group and that's easy to say and um, that's the, our ambition that's the way we look at it but it's obviously it's difficult in getting there and yes in, in I think we're in a certain amount of transition Uh, Do I think we're on the right track? Yes. Do I think we have an awful lot to do? Absolutely, 100%. I think we saw that last Saturday night. Uh, But but look, we'll we'll do everything we can. And the backroom team we have and the players, that's something we've all signed up to. We'll give it our all for as long as we can uh, to be the best we can be and see where it takes us.
0: I think this year, a lot of people are looking at the opportunity that you're given a lot of young players. I mean, the high rotation of subs in the league is something that you could look at. I think if you an using excessive over 30 players, which is amazing to see, you're blooding players and you're obviously trying to nail down your championship team, Kieran.
5: Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the balance salary. was like, you're trying to be as competitive as you can. And the first two games were very important in that context because you give it a. Bit of, Performance, get a couple of performances, get wins, take the pressure off a little bit, and then you can start doing on of rotation. So, like we kind of set over stall at the start of the league. Uh, we were trying to have a base of X number of your championship team maybe representing us each time you go out, um, and then have a certain amount of rotation in certain positions of certain players. Um, players players number one and, and positions number two. Because of this tight time frame, we have no challenge games. Um as I said earlier, no no Monster League, no National League really prep going into it, no college competitions. So suddenly, with three weeks, less than three weeks actually, be 20 days in mm-hmm. the first match, then you three games in 15 days after being off for six months. So six months to the day from your last Championship game to your first league game, with 20 days preparation for us, with a new squad, that some guys that didn't, hadn't even met each other 20 days before. Mm-hmm. So, but so to try and balance that with um, being performing, number one, as you said certain rotation and giving guys an opportunity And I know that there are guys there that we would give more opportunities to, but it's a difficult one, given that you've 36 players on your panel and you've only got those five games you want to be as competitive as you can as well. So it's just to juggle that as much as we can uh, and protecting dads as well. Protecting lads because of the intensity of the game, the number of games in, in, in three weeks, protecting lads who are jumping from playing with minor or kids really, and next thing all of a sudden they're playing um, At a senior to county level, uh, from a young age or from a club. And it's making sure that we develop those guys in every facet of the game. And it's not just what you see on the field. There's a physical development, as I said earlier, there's a mental development. And making sure that we, when we expose those lads, that we're exposing them in the right, in the, we're putting them on the right track, on the right role, and they're in a position to take that exposure rather than we setting their careers back 12, 18 months maybe by, by doing the wrong thing. Do we always get it right? No, of course we don't. Nobody does. Uh, but look, we try and pool our resources, pool the expertise we have around us and try and present these lads as best we can, when we can, how we can.
1: Kieran Cork have scored 16 goals, I think, over the last four games. Is that something that you were directly targeting or is it just something that's kind of developed naturally over the style of play that you are uh, trying to implement?
5: Yeah, it is a, it is a bit of both. Um, or yeah, like it's, it's something I suppose this Cork hurlers and car teams have been criticised quite a bit on over the last number of years. Um, and we don't score enough goals, uh, and it is something. Yes, that we're looking at. We're trying to be more creative. We're trying to play to the strengths of the group that we have, and we've got good holders, good pace, and and uh, uh, yes, it is something that we're we're trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. Of course, but sometimes there's a tendency maybe we over elaborate. There's a tendency maybe take, when the point was on we didn't take it. and to, again transition that process um, and like no different to walking the ball to the lines or whatever way you're going, you're going in a particular day, there's, um, there's a risk of it breaking down. So, but yes, it is. Like, we'll be very happy with the goals we have scored um, and also the goals we have created. Not as happy with the ones we've missed. <laughs> but yeah, we'd be, we'd be quite happy in that scenario at the moment.
0: Karen, I'm sure you've had a good few, uh, you know, runs over the last few weeks. But obviously, last week you mentioned Limerick that you kind of were brought back down to earth. I mean, what have you learned from the Limerick game? Maybe that you could have, you know, maybe perfect in time for a championship you're facing again in the third of July.
5: <laughs> I suppose, Valerie, the, the, the list, there's the a long list there, and um, we might have time to pursue it. But uh, <laughs> it was huge learnings for us um, in a number of ways, and and in particular. When we had a, number, a good few players make, playing against Limerick for the first time, uh, some young lads making their debut in the National League. A bit of a baptism of fire up in Limerick, uh, the intensity which they brought to the physicality with which they brought to the game. Um, and I think that was great learning for the players themselves because we can talk about that, you can analyse it, and we can discuss it, and we can show clips and videos and whatever. But there's nothing like being actually out in the field and there's lessons learned there that I think guys will never again unlearn. Um, and that's been great for their own development. But also for us as a management team, we we were seeing the first but what we brought to the table in the first half, uh, strategy in terms of, um, their strategy, their intensity, as I said, uh, their aggression on the ball, uh, their tackling, their shape, a number of things. that um, yeah we've There's a lot of less lessons, yeah. There was an awful lot of lessons for us, a lot of the learnings. Um, We're not going to be able to change everything within within the three or four weeks before the next time. We certainly try and focus on the the the, um, the influencers there and see can we uh, can we improve in sorts a number of key areas which we will have to no question about. We know we would have to.
1: And was there an element of uh, yourself and John Kylie kind of holding things back a bit, not showing your full hands uh, ahead of the championship game?
5: (laughs) No, look, look, I'm not sure I can. Obviously, can't speak on behalf of John Kylie, but uh, at halftime I didn't think he was holding much back. <laughs> but I uh, was, uh, from our perspective, like me. Um, a lot's been said that Kirk put out a dummy, put out and a dummy team was wrong now, but put out um, uh, left guys off or whatever. Like the bottom line is, we've a panel 36. Uh, as I said earlier, we had the first three games in 15 days, and that was with, with 20 days collective training after being off for six months. The first game, so we picked up. Uh, quite a number of niggles and knocks, uh, in particular in the first two games, Waterford and Tipperary. Uh, and we had three weeks from the tip game to the Limerick game almost. Yeah, sorry, to the day, three weeks, yes. So we needed to get some niggles sorted, some knocks sorted, so that we wouldn't be missing a number of those players come championship. Uh, and we did that. Uh, the players that we didn't have on our squad last Saturday night weren't actually available. That's the fact of it. They were they were not available for selection mm-hmm. uh, as we were trying to tidy up a number of those niggles and everybody that was available on our squad was with us in Limerick. And, um, and yes, um, Patrick Horgan obviously didn't, didn't start. And we bought one or two more in and Luke and, and, and Shane Barrett in that uh, at halftime uh, because those guys had a lot of mileage done a lot of training done and, and they're, they were part of our planned resting program that weekend. So, and we stuck to that uh, and I, don't regret that for a second because we uh, with a squad, we do trust the squad, we trust the players that we have on the squad. It gives them an opportunity, uh, gives them great exposure. And there's no point in being on a squad unless you the management trusts them and we trust all we trust all that.
0: Kieran, any big injuries that might rule out uh some players in the championship in a few weeks' time? Uh
5: look, we have um fellas are coming back now slowly. Uh guys back now this weekend as well for different And uh, we barely get some game time into. I suppose in terms of long-term, long-term ones. Um, Bill Cooper hasn't trained with us yet uh, uh, since we since we had collective training because we got back together. We just had a couple of niggles that are just slow in, in healing. We'd be hopeful that we might have him back on the field training some capacity next week. Um, Callum Spillane got some got some time into him this week. He's had a real troublesome a number of weeks as well since he came back. Uh, and I had some condition training into Cullum last night um, so they're the kind of two biggest worries we have I suppose in terms of long term the other lads are, are back in uh, more or less um, for the weekend we have everyone else available for selection albeit as I said certain time into certain lads that are coming back um, and Nilo Leary is ruled out for this weekend as well picked up a knock last Saturday night, that would rule him out for this weekend but, but not for um, not for too long
1: Kieran, what are you expecting from Galway tomorrow? They've had a, a decent league so far, three wins, some impressive wins as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, Galway are, again, they're usually, it's like limited, they're a hugely physical team. they have had the a Super League. Uh, we saw last Sunday when they were impressive, impressive they were against, um, against Waterford.
4: Um,
5: I think it's a while since we beat them in the league. We got last year, we got beat, and I think like, Galway have been very strong in the National League last number, last number of years. Um, there are many people's, I suppose, uh, tips to to if Limerick are to be overthrown that is Galway that are the team to do it so they've they a lot to play for coming down and we've a lot to play for it's both of our last real competitive game before Championship so we know there's going to be a massive massive challenge from Galway uh, you know, playing not the best certainly in the one or two top teams in the country um, coming down with a full squad is going to be a tough game for us really really tough but a great game to have as well 20 days out from Championship
0: Kieran, personally, how you've been finding training and matches and life during COVID? It's, it's strange for a lot of people, but you feel like you're getting used to it.
5: Yeah, because like the norm, now. I mean, like the start, like it, it was frustrating and challenging, and uh, yeah, for the players more than anybody else. And, and certainly, over the winter months, uh, for the players to be training on their own uh, was really, really challenging. And credit to them, they came back in, in super shape uh, and. Under the boys uh, of our of our uh, SNC guys and medical guys, they did a really really good job, uh, and the lads responded really well. Um, but yeah, look, last year was frustrating. Like certainly, last year was a way more frustrating. Barry, being real, being honest about it, because we had on we had our national league. We didn't have actually a lot of players last year during National nationally because of, of uh, so many young guys involved with Fitzgibbon. And then suddenly we play the last league game on a Sunday, and um, we get the players back. Uh, sorry, last league, on Sunday, we're locked up a few days later and we get the players back 18 days before we play a championship. Um, and OK, great club campaign in Cork. It was really, really good. It was great to get to see those games and it was fantastic to get, to, get the campaign. But for us, I found that frustrating, no no, no question, because you had no access to players coming back in dribs and vabs and you get your full squad back 18 days before you play first on the championship and having had, not had them for six months. So that was frustrating, your first year involved with a new squad. So yeah, that certainly was frustrating this year. We, albeit we didn't, we didn't, we only had a less time, but we still had more time with the group from from uh, last November. We still had access to the group in terms of that's our panel, this is our backroom, this is our plan. Um, we did a lot of work on, 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 the, uh, on the Zoom uh, with them, so we had a lot of stuff covered before we got back, which was great. And we were able to hit the field running, hit the ground running. I think a little bit more certainly than last year, um, which is not new to everybody. So. Uh, much more, I suppose, realistic and enjoyable than, than than last year, which was outside of all our control. Obviously, a lot more important things in terms of people's health and jobs and um, and all the rest of it. Um, um, but uh, it was no, was no to all of us as well. I suppose we were all trying to adjust. Marat-
0: you finding the water breaks. Kieran,
5: yeah, look, just I, I think with the forecast for Sunday, probably the water break. I, I think <laughs> I actually. Um, uh, I think the water breaks are good. I, I think it stops a lot of running in over the pitch. Um, and reasons, uh, firstly, it really gives uh, an opportunity to, um, to uh, get messages into the group. Um, like we either we either go back to what we had before and um, get lads, get, them, get people in, or else we have a water break. But it also challenges the players a little bit more that they, they have to take ownership of each quarter. Mm. Because you, you, your ability to change things or your ability to get messaging across the field is quite limited. So it, it changes the players as well. Players want well to take ownership of their own destiny, so to speak, on the field and to communicate her and message better. And that's good as well from, from any any in terms of their own development. Uh, but for from from a from a management perspective, yeah, I like the idea of the water because people set opportunity to uh, um, to get some stuff covered at the water break
1: and trying to be ready sort of give a couple of ideas influence things um, next quarter. Kieran murat Park you could today for the, the launch of the Red FM Hurling Leagues. First off, it's fantastic for clubs to be back in action and to have like good quality games. I mean, like Black Rock are playing Glen Rovers today. That's fantastic for everyone to be involved in, but it's it's fantastic for the leagues to be back and the leagues, I, I feel, have really grown in, in stature over the last number of years. I think they'll
5: even grow more this year because there's such a hunger for games, and um, people are so thrilled that the hurling is back, sport back, and the games are back, and the nation folk are going well, and people see some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of whether it's sport, or whether it's holidays, or work, or businesses opening. So I think the the dish will even even take up, will even be more uh, more enjoyable and and better games I think than than the past where it's kind of a you're a haphazard. I think this year the league will be more serious and I think teams will be offered and I think it'll be a better league campaign than we've seen in many, many years in car. That's I really believe that. And um, I think the facilitating of the, the split season then as well and uh, moving into that, I think all, all those things and the changes that are that are taking place and those proposed will help our game. And I think we'll have a better game and a better product and a better spectacle as a result of it.
0: Before we let you go, I know you you want to head off for and get ready for tomorrow. But Simple Stadium will see crowds in the stands for the Munster semi final between yourself and Limerick, um, which will absolutely be amazing. And I can't imagine how excited and how hyper the fans will be in the stadium that day for a crack of a match between yourself and Limerick.
5: Yeah, I think I think it will. I think it'll be it'll be the first time since the National League of last year that we've had people at, at, at games. I think it'll be fantastic. Um, I just scrambling for tickets. <laughs> so the phone have, have to be turned for a few days leading into it what um, I mean again also from a Cork hurling persp- perspective and from a supporter's uh, viewpoint last time Cork hurlers played we we'll call it hur- hurling in the summer months as we call it hurling when it should be played uh, was against Kikini in, in July of 2019 so it is almost two years since the supporters have been able to follow their team uh, in hurling during the summer and that's 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 a long time in in in, a, in, a, in a hurling life, so you can be supporters at the game. At, at the game, the players feed off that. Supporters help the players in tough times on the field, and in, and in, and when you're on the ascendancy. Uh, and so, just a pity that that um, we can't we can't get a full house there because I think the atmosphere playing the All Ireland Champions in in, in Turles, I think would be with a forty five thousand crowd would it be just something else. Um, but look, we're delighted that we're getting some some crowd back in, and with God's help, that uh, that things will continue so that we can that we can get them um, more in as the, as the uh, as the summer progresses.
0: Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. i um, one last question, and I promise to let you go. But over the last few weeks, there's been a debate over the changing of the weight of the slitter and it probably has raged over the last few weeks due to I suppose long range freeze and points that are going over. Had you any any taken it here in care yourself?
5: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the slitter. Um, yeah, <laughs> I listened to Martin Fogarty there in um, the last couple of days, and he 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 uh, disputed some of the There are two points. it, I think number one, uh, I'd be a fan of the white slitter. To be honest, this time of the year more so than the yellow slitter. I think you talk to the players, it doesn't. The yellow slitter doesn't really. Uh, it's not as consistent in a striking consistency in, in it in its in its in its flight. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure why we're still going with the with the illustrator, but that's my personal view. Um, I don't think it makes sense any sense to me actually. Uh, and I think with regard to the freeze and the shooting, we've always seen in the national league um, that there are more frees given than there are in the championship because referees referee leagues and championships very differently. Uh, they're under more of the spotlight themselves. Um, and with the other hand of it, side of it, if you analyse the freeze that the referees are blowing for, and they have a very difficult job because they're, they want to let the game flow. They want the players to let the game flow. They don't want to be blowing for freeze. They don't want to be getting yellow cards or red cards or sin bins or whatever. Uh, so they want it to flow. But if you, look, if you go back over, I won't mention, mention uh, specifics on teams or on individuals, but most of them are freeze. You know, most of the freeze that are blowing for freeze, let's be honest about it, uh, and I think that's that's maybe more so um, than the than the uh, the referee being too whistle happy or the, the slitter being too light or too heavy or whatever the case may be. lot lads' scores some freeze because there are freeze in my view. And I think if that was maybe if teams coach differently and teams kind of focus more on the hurl, on the hurling and the hooking and the blocking and the hurling and the slitter rather than focusing less on the man, uh, I think the game would be better. I suppose that, that's understandable because it comes a lot from football where it's a different type of tackle and the arms are used more and the ball is bigger, arms are used more and there is no hurley. But if we focus our tackle on the hurley and less on the arm and the hands, uh, I think the game will be better spectacle, be more hurling, to be quicker and to be less freeze.
0: Kieran, that's it. I promised. I said it was my last one and I, I'm, I'm true to my word. That was my last one. Kieran, thank you so much for joining us on The bigger Ed Bench life from Parky Cueve. The very best of luck tomorrow to you all.
5: Not at all, Valerie. My pleasure. Thank you too. Thanks, Rory.
0: All right, that was Kieran Kingston just chatting to us earlier. I know I kept saying, my last question, my oh, last ten question. Times you
1: had 10 last questions there. Kieran was looking at his watch. My dinner's getting cold here.
0: I know, but fair fate, and thank you so much to Kieran for chatting to us ahead of the game tomorrow. Some interesting thing. You will be able to, if you did join us in the middle of that, we will be podcasting it, so you will be able to hear the full chat with Kieran Kingston on the Big Red Bench Twitter in just a little bit.
1: Certainly so. All right, an update from the big game tonight in the Red FM Hurling Leagues. Glen Rovers and Blackrock going head to head. Nine minutes of the second half gone. It is Glen Rovers 11 points. Blackrock won six.
0: Very good. All right. Well, uh, joining us now to finish off the show is, of course, Cork G A P R O Joseph Blake, formerly also known as Joy. That's what yes. I call you, Joy. Is that all right? Yes, of
6: course. We save the party. best for last. Right.
0: Best to last. Joy, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
6: That's yeah, great. Welcome to Parky Cueve. I know I've been out to the studio a few times, out to uh, Bishop's on out to Red FM, and done an interview with Roars um, a couple of months oh, ago oh, yeah. and, um, on Zoom. So, um, yeah, it's great to have you here in Parky Cueve.
0: How is life? As Cork G A P R O,
6: it's very hard to get the moment because we're in the middle of the well coming to the end of the the national leagues and um a county P R O, and that's the craziest time because it's. Um, game week after week Some obviously this weekend we have two games here in Parky quive, so it's host counties host PRO there's so much organising in terms of the media so like in the Munster Championship the Munster Council uh, do all that and if you have games Central Council games Crow Park look after that so on the National League you're kind of left to your own devices in terms of looking after the the media so um, yeah it's it's pretty busy at the moment Is
1: being Cork PRO I suppose the, the biggest PRO gig in the country the toughest PRO gig in the country considering a- I suppose, the amount of outlets here in Cork and I suppose the national outlets that are interested, not just the hurlers, but the footballers as well?
6: In an answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have, um, obviously, you have your county teams and they're hurling in football and they're of equal standard mm. and uh, equal interest. So, was like, we'll take, for example, a couple of years ago, like, we won a couple of football all Ireland and, obviously, hopefully, we'll have more Ireland in the... This year, and you. I also sit on the, the fixtures committee, which is the CCC. So, fixtures and Cork is, it can be <laughs> right head wrecking. I was
1: going to say that must have been some crack this year, was
6: it? Yeah, some. some I was up a, plenty of late nights trying to. <laughs> I was working with uh, dealing with Pat Horgan, the, the chair of the CCC, yeah, yeah. and trying to get all that sorted. But also, we're looking here out at Parky Cueve, and there's no other stadium like it in the, no. in the country, no other county is a stadium like this. And you're also involved with that. And you also have a very strong media. Media. in Cork you have two national um, papers or two daily newspapers that are that you're dealing with a lot of regional newspapers and obviously yourselves in Red FM so, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that you're in contact with on a daily and weekly basis, but, um, absolutely love it. I, I'd recommend it to anybody. To go, and I'd recommend it to nobody as well. You would hear, you would hear when you started, Joey, did you? Yeah, I'd I hear when I started. And, um, and then I ended up like your, you know, And, and also a bit like CBG as well. So, um, yeah, so. I absolutely love it It can be challenging Like I was up last night Till half twelve, I got five hours sleep, and then I was sending out emails this morning at half five, six o'clock in relation to today. So, look, it, it's, it, it's a fantastic opportunity. It's a fantastic role. You ask any county PRO when they leave the job, they'll all say they absolutely loved it. I know Tracy Kennedy, um, who did it there a number of years ago, she said it was her favorite, her favorite role within the county executive. And I think every county uh, PRO would say that is challenging. It's crazy but it's Berlin too as well
0: you're here since uh, 2018 this is your final year December will yeah. be your last no. month <laughs> I know everyone's going to be so disappointed we love dealing with yeah. you but obviously we'll chat to you at the end of the year to see how you get on but there's been plenty of highs and lows for you
6: yeah as, as your time. Um, highs I suppose couple of our Ireland wins with the minors in uh, the minor footballers in 2019 under 20 footballers in 2019 um, are under 20 hurlers are, from, are in the are under 20 hurling final from last year so they beat tip here um, don't want to talk about the lows what's the point of talking about the lows we're here on a sunny day Cocker after winning t- today uh, we're in Parky Queeve. I'm in great company here with the people of Red FM so mm-hmm. th- th- that's a high in itself look it, there's been challenges we call them that but no real low points to be honest it's just challenges that can be overcome I often say a bump in the road can do two things to you it can either slow you down or propel you forward so we'll just look forward Joe just before we wrap up just
1: a word on that Tommy Lynch um, who was um, yeah. who's uh, late to rest today and the tributes that have flown in for him all week just shows you the measure of the man and how highly he was held in people's
6: regard a legend there's no two words to describe Tommy only but a legend and you see tonight or today I was up above in Parky, Quay, or Parky Rain Guard of Honour there was uh, the car, both Cork Curlers the Cork Curling team and the Cork football team lined the road for Tommy absolute legend I loved his quick wit mm. he would put you in your place like no tomorrow <laughs> and uh, I'd, to, I, I'd sometimes I'd go into Park Your in, and Tommy be there and I'd say Tommy are you still here he said I am but I'd, I'd ask the same question about you what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> so no rest in peace Tommy He'll be, he'd be mm. sorely missed and deepest sympathies to his family
0: Well, uh, Joey, it was great having you. You'll have us for another few months wrecking your head for interviews.
6: Just you, Valerie, (laughs) you're the only one who works for me. I set that up. I set that up. Valerie, we will get the one-on-one interview that you crave. I
0: I'll be waiting, I'd say.
6: Yeah, just drop it in an email 7 days in advance <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joey. it has so. been
0: brilliant Joseph Blake chatting to us Cork at GAPRO and that is it from us tonight in Park Equi. we've been live here for the launch of the Hurling League it's been absolutely amazing to be here to get out of the studio to get out of the office and to be in such an amazing stadium Rory
1: yeah it's absolutely fantastic shout out to the ground staff here who've uh, done fantastic work on the pitch um, since it's finished and while we've been doing the show you would never think a game has been played uh, on this pitch today it's
0: absolutely incredible yeah, that is it from us. We will be roaring back tomorrow night from six post-match reaction from Cork. They face Galway tomorrow here in Park at Thank you so much for joining us, and the podcast will be up shortly.
2: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6
1: p.m. Cork's Red FM.